You're listening to Under a Red Glow, a photography podcast covering the wide spectrum of the art and history of photography with an emphasis on chemical, darkroom, and alternative-based processes. Be sure to visit us at www.underaredglow.com. And now your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Under a Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker and I'm a full-time photographer who practices, teaches, and demonstrates nearly every photographic process. And with me in studio is my co-host and lovely wife, Christine. She practices and demonstrates many processes and is our entry-level process and kids class instructor. Welcome, Christine. Good evening. What's happening? We've had a lot going on this week. Ooh, it was a busy week. It is. We had uh, we had a... Uh, we were at, I think we talked about it. I think we talked about it a, a, two months ago when we went out to Park Day at Cedar Creek Battlefield and we helped out our friends at the Cedar Creek Battlefield Foundation. Well, this weekend, they had, had a family day and they asked us to come out and uh, and bring something that kids could enjoy. And Christine had the perfect thing. What did you set up, Christine? I set up a cyanotype stand. Basically, we... I pre-coated the paper and had it ready for them to make it themselves with a few things that they could put on it. And I think it was a success. It was a big success. Some of the kids were, they weren't sure. And it's kind of a weird gauge. And and I, I overheard one kid, I overheard one mother say, I'm trying to get you out here to experience all these cool things. And the, and the little girl said, I can experience cool things on TikTok. Yeah. She's missing so much Super of life. Sigh. How many kids, and I know there's probably kids on one side that are like, get me away from these stupid computers and cell phones and tablets. I'm, so I'm sure that's probably few and far in between. But uh, we're going to have kids that have probably, the uh, the addiction has, has grasped them even, even more throughout yeah. the lockdowns. And, and I just had to sigh and say, Oh wow! And and the and the mom was trying. The mom tried to get her to do everything. You know, she was she didn't want to ask ask to do it to do a cyanotype. So mom had to come up. She didn't want to touch the cyanotype because she didn't want to get her hands dirty. Uh, I I mom, if for some reason you found us through uh, you know through the handouts that we had, I I I sympathize with you. I don't know, and and a lot of kids are are getting stuck into that. Uh, that thing where their entire life they they don't want to look up, you know whether they're riding in a car or riding in a bus or I've seen kids riding bikes down the street they don't want to look up from their phones and it's it's just it's got to be try it's got to be hard. They're in this virtual existence and I just don't understand why you want that for yourself. Or- but the problem is it's you know when you talk about Facebook and Google and 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 you even YouTube. Their their algorithm is going to re- recommend you something that that you're probably going to watch from start to finish. I mean, how many times I've done it where I've I've watched a YouTube video and it says, "Hey, try this one." And sometimes I sometimes I feel a little saucy and I'm thinking, "Okay, well, let's turn autoplay on." And I found myself like falling asleep and then waking up an hour later and I'm watching somebody tune up a go kart or something. It's the <laughs> weirdest thing. But I mean, these algorithms are meant to just to just grab your brain and and hold on to it, and it's it's sad for a lot of it's just sad for the world. I mean, there's a time and a place, and especially with all these things kind of getting 
getting projected at, at children, they don't have that. I guess their brains aren't developed enough to sit there and say, okay, well, you've had enough phone time. You've had enough computer time. Now it's time to be, now it's time to go explore the world. And that's, that's just really troubling. So, so mom, you, you were doing a, you were doing a good job. You were trying to get your daughter to, to, to enjoy the process. Hopefully she got home and thought it was cool. But, but the problem is, is, uh, I, I don't know. And, and I don't know what the answer is, of course. So, so I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying I completely sympathize with you and you're doing, and you're doing a, you're trying to get her out. And that's, that's the, that's what we got to do. But if she thinks that that is life, she must be on her phone all the time at home. Yeah. Which I find sad. And I know this past year it has been about the only way for kids to have something to do Mm -hmm. with not being able to go out as much. But it's just sad. There's so much you could learn and experience by yourself or with a small amount of uh, just a couple other people. Yeah. There's so and, much cool stuff out there. And to be stuck in a virtual world all the time, like, I just, I can't fathom it. <laughs> it's tough. I've been probably more disconnected from things this past week because of everything we've been busy with. That, it, But I've enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, it's nice. It was kind of weird. It was kind of weird uh, laying in our tent at night, and uh, and I'm like, Oh well, let me let me check the phone and and I just and, and we've you know we we went on a little bit of a trip this this past week uh, that we'll talk about next week. But uh, you know even then I I didn't have my phone. I I watched a, I think I watched a movie on on the phone on the on a plane, and I mean we were just running around so much that I didn't have time to mess around with with social media. And I told people I I told everybody I have a lot of a lot of stuff coming up, but I told people it's like look. I'm going out of town. I will deal with everything when I get back. I guess kids can't do that. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, it's like, oh, mom, I got to go to the mall. My friends are going to be there. So I guess it's, you know, if if I would have had phones, it probably would have been the same thing. But, I mean, long are the days where, you know, you have to yell at your kids to come in when the streetlights come on. Now you got to yell at your kids to get the hell out of the house. (laughs) That's true. It's really interesting. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a quick little banter. But but all the other kids were you know really enjoyed it. We had uh, we sold out uh, we sold out except for one of our cyanotype kits, and then we donated uh, we donated twenty percent to the, the 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 Cedar Creek Battlefield Foundation for those kits, and uh, we we had a lot of adults that that made cyanotypes as well. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. They, uh, I think the people that came through today, even the kids, like whenever we were making them, once or twice, even yesterday, one or two kids said, "That that that's chemistry. That's science. <laughs> that's cool." And then someone else was like, "Yeah, this is art. This is cool." A lot more kids yesterday were, you know, mom, mom, and or dad had to drag them. Oh, come on, do this. It's cool. It's cool. And today, more kids were were dragging the parents, and they're like, "I want to do this. Please let me do this. Please." And they're like, "This is so cool!" And to see that enthusiasm and their eyes light up with the potential and possibilities, it's amazing. And I love it. I that's, saw them. that's, and that's why we do this. Yeah, that's why we go to events and we share 
we share this photographic history with people because they're not getting anywhere else. Right. Yeah. But what we did was we, we went in. We couldn't make it on Friday because we had other things on Friday, but we, we drove, uh, what did we get up at, at 5? We got up at 5 a.m. on Saturday, yeah. drove the two hours it takes to get to Cedar Creek, and that's in Winchester, Virginia, and yeah. then got there, got our tent set up, and I think we were, I think the event started at 10. We were ready by 9.30. We were just ready to go, and it was it was pretty steady all day. Yeah, yesterday was beautiful. Yesterday had the nice weather. Mm-hmm. Today, everything got shut down a little early because of rain. Rain came in. It was cold. Uh, yeah. but I think they said they had um, they had over four hundred people come through, which is uh, just fantastic. There's, uh, I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong thing, but there's some new uh, there's some new fresh blood in the organization with Cedar Creek. Uh, battlefield foundation and they've got some really great ideas and i know that there's still some there's still some some older board members there uh, that were doing you know you can do the best job in the world but sometimes bringing in fresh blood just makes all the difference because you've got new ideas you've got new ideas not that not that the old people were not doing a good job it's just that sometimes you need to go with uh, you need to go with the trends you need to go with where the world's going um sometimes new insight can just help an organization grow right and i'm not saying young people or old people or anything i'm just saying sometimes you you know you get kind of stuck doing things a certain way and that's why i talk to people all the time too I talk to people and and my friends and and they bounce ideas off of me and I bounce off ideas off of them and and sometimes I sit there and I was I was just talking to a, a friend of ours today about about marketing and and trying to get trying to get our YouTube channel um, up to speed with some some regularity and trying to continue with the podcast and and all of our offerings uh, while while still uh, surviving. While still surviving by making art prints and and the people over at Patreon are 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 helping out a lot, but we all the Patreon stuff goes back into the show, back into the YouTube. Um, I've got a couple of, of of old cameras I've purchased to to do some some fun stuff with, but it's it's difficult to do all this because you got to survive, right? You got to survive, and and that's that's what he was talking about. And I think we're going to put. Um, we we were selling those Cyanotype kits at the at the Battlefield Foundation's gift shop today, and they they want more. They want more kits, and then they want um, they want more art pieces, which um, I just I just need to make. But I, I'm thinking about making them a, a care package and sending them down there and see see what see what sells and what doesn't. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's just so much so much going on. Uh, but anyway, to not you know, not get everybody bored over that, we we had a, a great day yesterday. It had gotten cold last night. Oh, it was so cold. We had our ten by ten canvas officers tent, which helps. We had our cots. We really should have laid on the ground. That way, we could have shared body warmth. But eh, we didn't think it was going to get down that cold. Uh, it had gotten so cold. It wasn't supposed to get as cold as it got. And Christine, I guess, saw that I was I was cold, and she got me a uh, she threw a, a blanket over top of me, and I remember waking up thinking, I gotta go to the bathroom, and I I didn't. I was like, I'm not going to the bathroom until until I see sunlight, and I know that 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 is always that is always a risk, because the pee dreams are real. <laughs> 
all of a sudden you're you're standing at a mountaintop at a you know at a solid gold urinal, <laughs> and you're like, mm-mm, dream and then you like wake up last minute. Pee dreams are real, but uh, but I, I I risked that. I risked the, the the shame of 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 urinating myself to uh, to keep warm. I'm glad you didn't pee, but I and I I'm think and it's always that weird thing where uh, this really isn't an, an after show topic, by the way. But I'm just going to say it. You always sit there and think to yourself, "What's the closest thing I don't mind getting pee in if I need to <laughs> if I need to just go off the side of the cot?" And I didn't. So yeah, it, it had gotten cold, and it never really warmed up. It, it had gotten cold in the morning, and uh, it was windy uh, this morning, and then I started feeling the sprinkles coming. And then it was just drizzly, and it never was like heavy rain, but... It was enough to, to get our, our, our tent and our rain fly wet, which is, can- which is duck canvas. And d- the thing about duck canvas is it kind of loses its waterproofness. After a while, and we've had it for so long, so it's. I mean, the the tent and the rainfly still was wet, so we're drying out. A, we're drying out yards and yards of canvas, but we had, and we were we talked a little bit about this um, in a video that's that's coming that in a video series that I'm hoping is coming out. But we purchased a one of those Jackery units, a Jackery Explorer 1000, and we looked at we kind of were looking at the the 240, the 500, the 1000, the 1500. And we thought the thousand was perfect for us, and we took that with us because I was hoping to get some video editing done Saturday night in the tent. But uh, you know, we were around so many of our friends, and everybody just wanted to BS around the campfire. We had this nice hot campfire going on. Oh, so nice! And it, I just nope. We uh, we closed out the campfire. In fact, we were the last ones there. We had to make sure the fire was out. And, uh, and, and yeah, we went to bed and, and it was pretty much lights out. We took a, we took a strip of led lights and that sucker lit the, we, we need to get, we need to get less, we need to get a, we, we need to find a better way to light up our tent because we had what five led lights in there and our tent was the, the largest freaking softbox. <laughs> I, I kid you not. There was, there was a little sliver of moon and I'm like enjoying the night and you go in the tent and you turn the jackery on, you turn the AC outlets on and it lit the field up. Well, it lit I needed... everything up, which I... I'm glad it makes me happy. We were only using, what was it? Like 60 Watts of power. So we could have, we could have ran that, that bright, bright, bright light. I mean, this was like photography light. You could have photographed perfectly <laughs> inside this tent because it was the perfect softbox. And I think we were drawing 60 watts of power with these LED bulbs. And that would have run, let's see, 60,000, what's that, like 20 hours? Probably. Run that for 20 hours for a 1,000 watt hour battery. It's definitely less. But then we, uh, I, I flew the drone a little bit, got some drone footage, and ran the uh, the the DJI Pocket One and Pocket Two, and I was able to, to, you know, while we were sitting by the fire, I charged all those up. It was it was nice to have. We didn't take the solar panels. We have two 100 watt solar panels that came with it that we really want to mess with. But this is this is something we bought for our Spruce Knob Astrophotography trip. 
when we're going to be gone a week. Right. Last time, last year, I, I think we talked about this in one of the, 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 the following podcast was last year, about halfway through the trip, we had to rush down the mountain. We had to charge our batteries up. Yeah. Now, since then, we bought a USB charger for the internal battery of the Nikon D850, and it's slow. But we were running small solar panels. We were we were kind of keeping on top of it, but we had no way to charge those batteries. But now that we got the Jackery, we should be pretty much self-sufficient for the entire week, even if we get no sunlight whatsoever. But with these 100-watt panels, we should be able to keep to keep topped up, I'm hoping. But that's the main reason we bought is for is for our next photography trip up in the mountains where there's no cell service, there's no power, and there's barely water. <laughs> so I think uh, I think that's why we why we really mess with it as much. But then we came home today, and as I said, we have wet canvas. We have uh, hopefully a lot of people. Uh, maybe we have some some new people uh, finding us for the first time from from meeting us this weekend. And for that, I say welcome. And I uh, hope you hope you had fun. I hope you enjoy the, the kit. If you bought a kit and if you have any questions, reach on out. Right. So now we're home. We've got a, another another busy, busy, busy week coming up. But uh, that's kind of boring anyway. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, I saw a, a Petapixel article on how did you the title was how did you shoot that a common question but is it the right the right one is it the right question and i didn't read the article because i didn't want to be swayed but i wanted to talk about it because the article makes it seem like people shouldn't be asking how how you shot something hmm. and we're going and, and I, again i may be completely wrong about how the article is set up but i didn't want to read it and then be swayed or biased in one way or the other. So I'm just I'm just taking the title of the article and talking a little bit about it. I mean, we always had problems in the bat in, in in the the old days of, oh, that's a great photo. You must have a nice camera. Yeah, I always hated that. That's almost as silly as saying, Wow, that was a good dinner. You must have nice pots and pans. Yeah. So but the thing is, is is how did you shoot that bad? I don't think so. I can see both sides. First of all, how did you shoot that? Someone's interested. Now, you see it every... Here's the interesting part, and I guess it does rub me the wrong way a little bit, where if I see somebody post something that's absolutely gorgeous to to Facebook or wherever, instead of people saying, wow, that's really amazing, I love this, and kind of dissecting the photo and kind of absorbing the photo for how the photographer wanted you to see it, somebody saying, oh, how'd you shoot that? What camera did you use? What was your what was your ISO? What was your aperture? What was your shutter speed? Did you use a tripod? Did you use a shutter release? Did you use a a water trigger? Did you use a lightning trigger? Right, right. So I'm kind of on the fence about that. And and anybody listening, shoot me an email and let me know what you think. But I can understand how did you shoot that. But that is that is the second part of the the conversation. As a photographer. I don't mind telling you how I how I achieved something. I think I have one thing that I don't tell anybody how I do it. Maybe two things. I have two things <laughs> that I don't tell anybody how it's done. But everything else, everything else, I'm completely, completely, completely open about it. And I want people to learn processes. I want people to learn photography. I want people to learn editing. 
dark room. I want people to learn all these things. But the thing is, is what do you want people to learn before they ask you how you shot it? If you created a piece of art, what do you want them? What do you want to happen before they ask you how you created it? I want them to look at it and enjoy it, hopefully. And understand what you're trying to get. What your story was, right? Understand what the impact is. So, well, I think how did you shoot that is a very important question. And not everyone's going to ask that. Mostly photographers are going to ask that question. But the problem is, is even if you're just paying lip service, tell the photographer that you liked it. Tell them how you felt about it. That's what I want to know. How did my photo make you feel? How did the title make you feel? How did the how did everything together make you feel? Because that's that's more important to me than than anything else. And then I'm going to tell you how I shot it if you asked. But as artists, we want we want our our viewers to feel a certain way. We want our work to 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 rub people the right way or maybe the wrong way. And, and we want to make sure that we're being heard. We want to make sure that the things we say are being heard. And and if you just out of the blue ask, how did you shoot that? You know? And I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that, that worries about people copying me. Because if, if you are comfortable in your, in your abilities, no one starting now is ever going to copy you. Because Every- as long as you keep progressing and improving your art yourself and your craft no one's going to catch up to you everyone's going to have their own vision their own style their own way of seeing things and so even if you do get very similar ob- uh, images they're never going to be exactly the same or at least rarely right so that's a little mini rant for people that that don't want to share things but that was my little little thought on how did you shoot that. Now I'm going to go and, and read the article, and I will link I'll link the article on uh, in our show notes as well. Apparently, it was an article of um, a new magazine called Elements Magazine, and uh, Petapixel has written down Elements is a new monthly magazine dedicated to the finest landscape photography, insightful editorials, and fluid, clean design. Inside, you will find exclusive and in-depth articles and imagery by the best landscape photographers in the world. And if uh, when you go to the the link, the, the this article that I link in the show notes, you can get ten percent off an annual subscription by using the code Petapixel ten. I guess I should have made you go to the article, but shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> so it looks like an interesting magazine. Uh, we're the last magazine we've been kind of keeping an eye on is the Hand. And that that magazine is kind of more turned turned into more design designy design elements stuff. So I haven't really, you know, I used to read every article, every 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 edition, but the last several times it's come, I've I've leafed through it and thrown it on a coffee table, and I've I really haven't gone back to it. And before that, it was um, it was Lenswork Lenswork magazine. They were these tiny um, tiny little little dvd box sized little magazines and it was all analog black and white photography and then it started including like digital hd digital which was okay and then they started including hdr black and white which is i think looks if i can tell it's hdr it looks terrible if you can hd if you hdr it 
and it doesn't look like it was HDR, then you did a good job. But if it looks like HDR, I don't like it. And then they started doing color, and I canceled my subscription. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to re-up when, when the hand comes to again. Check it out. I think the guy, the people that make it are are fantastic. It's just that more stuff is kind of leaving me in the dust. So it's like some it's like some um oh it's not letterpress. What is it called? Um some more design design kind of stuff, some more collage kind of stuff. I've seen digital art like put put together photos more than Well, like collage, like digital yeah. collages, I guess. And I'm trying to think of what, I, what I'm thinking about, like line of cuts. I've seen a lot of like lot of line of cut stuff where people are making prints from 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 that. They're inking that and they're making prints, and and that's just not my thing. I mean, we we love letterpress, but I don't know. I don't know if maybe they're just not getting enough enough entries for for analog. But I don't know. I I, I would definitely say check check it out. It's called the hand. And if I remember correctly, I'll I'll put up I'll put a link in the show notes. If I don't, somebody help me. But check it out because a lot of their older stuff was just fantastic, and the newer stuff that 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 really cool stuff is just getting a little bit far and few in between. Before they had people in there that were just really innovating, and lately the people have just you know I don't know it's just it's just not it's not exciting me like it used to. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, we're already 26 minutes or something into the episode. And, uh, what are we, what are we going to talk about today, Christine? We're going to talk about youth organizations and their requirements for badges for photography. How about instead of that, we talk about, um, we talk about having a, a curriculum or have you know somebody giving you a curriculum that that they want people to learn, and they're asking you to put together something for it, because that's what you've done. Christine has been approached by a, a fantastic youth organization. Uh, we won't name names, but they had given given her a curriculum of what the um, what the, the 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 children need to learn. And they're asking Christine to present it to them in the best way possible so that they can not only pass this uh, pass this merit, but also uh, ex- excel at it. Right. And maybe get them more enthusiastic about it. Right. And they had told us that, that several of the uh, of the children are, are very interested in photography. And Christine being, you know, being our kids class instructor, she's, you know, she's she's very good at this stuff. But. Instead of like teaching like alternative process and stuff, and she's taught she's taught camera one oh one stuff to kids as well. Um, it's just uh it's it's kind of an interesting challenge where the kids need to it's like, okay, come in and 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 give your curriculum, but these are the things that they need to turn in in order to receive credit for that. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting balance. It is. It's kind of interesting reading what they want you to teach and then how I would interpret that. Okay, well, let's let's talk about this. And I think you've you've paraphrased this in order to kind of keep it um, kind of keep it anonymous. But what are some of the things that that you need to that you need to get across in this class? Well, the first thing they want is for the the 
the person after the badge to learn the parts and the basic functions of the camera, which okay. to me would be. I don't ISO. think it's a badge. I think it's a merit or achievement. I, it's okay. not. It's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about the organization, but uh, I don't know. I really don't know what what they get, but we know what we got. So, what did you say? Learn parts and of the camera. Parts and basic functions. Okay. So, so go what, over what the camera. So I'm thinking to teach them about aperture iso and shutter speed because to me that's the main things you need to know to take a good photo and that's the main functions well you're going to tell you you know you like what you normally do is you you teach them the basic parts of the camera first right and the differences between cameras you know you, you can't you can't assume that these uh that 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 the that the children are not going to be using a cell phone right so you need to right. be able to you know say what the difference is between a cell phone and and this is different for Christine because typically when she teaches a kid's class when it's photography, everyone has an SLR or a digital SLR. So this is going to be interesting. You've got to be able to show the difference between a cell phone, a point and shoot, and, and an SLR. And maybe you can even talk about large format. Well, I but was, I know you're, you're very limited for time anyway. Yeah, but I, I want you to make sure you teach, you teach that. And we'll take some sample stuff with us. But that way, people can understand. Oh well, I've got a phone on my. I've got a camera. I've got a phone on my camera. I've got a camera on my phone. I don't need a. I don't need a ever need a better camera. So you need to teach them what the differences are. Well, I was told by the instructor that they were bringing two SLRs Good. for them to learn. But like I said, you can't assume that that each of these children have an SLR. Some of their parents may have a point and shoot, or you know, you can't assume that they're going to be able to afford an SLR or a point and shoot and maybe they've got an old cell phone camera. You got to you got to you got to keep it you got to keep it cool. Well, but if it's a phone, I can't teach there's no parts to teach. There's a button and You can. There's absolutely no can teach a phone. You can teach what that phone sensor is doing. You can teach what that lens is doing. You can tell them what the difference is between a small cell phone lens and a larger point and shooter or DSLR lens. Most of their applications, your your iOS, your iOS, your Apple, or your Android, most of them have an exposure compensation dial. You can still teach them what that what that sensor is looking. They're looking for eighteen percent gray. So you need to work into your and and this is kind of my wheelhouse. But with kids now, Christine is learning learning from me where you need to make sure that that you generalize and you generalize all the cameras. And then you need to sit there and say, then you need to kind of tie them together with things like your exposure compensation, you know, where your focal point is, uh, where you're, where you're metering from and 18% gray. Why, why does snow look gray? Why does coal look gray? And, uh, and work with that. And you're going to teach them, you know, 18% gray card. You're going to teach them uh, focusing. You're going to teach them. And you can still do your aperture and shutter speed and ISO because a lot of phones nowadays, they have a pro mode or a manual mode that you can still mess around with that. To some extent, but to some extent, absolutely. I mean, if they have a basic phone camera, they don't. What I'm saying is if anybody has a basic phone camera, you need to throw that in there. Look, you may have a camera that doesn't do any of these things and then you're kind of stuck with what you're stuck with. And that's when you sit there and you. we want you to understand aperture, shutter speed, ISO, depth of field, exposure compensation, bracketing. We want, it, we want you to understand these things, but 
your camera may not do that. So then we want you to understand all the parts, but we want you to now, you know, you the only thing you can do is now go into in, into composition, into understanding composition with your basic camera. Remember, it's not the camera. Yes, some of the things you teach, they might not have on their camera, but it doesn't mean they still can't make great art. I was going to go over the rule of thirds and some of that. Composition, framing, uh, leading lines, uh, Fibonacci sequence, you know, all that fun stuff for sure. I'm going to try, but it, I mean, I have one hour to teach all of this. And that's so why you're that's doing gonna limit it. That's why you've got a handout. That's why you need to put together a handout. And, uh, and go from there. But she's she's got one hour to teach. Okay, you have one hour to teach the basic parts and function of the camera. And what else? The part, what else for the first? Because you're doing two sessions. What else do you teach on that first session? Well, I want to tell them about the different photo editing process, uh, programs that are out there. Okay, so what are you thinking? You're thinking, um, of course, Photoshop. Photoshop. And then I was going to do the GNU image manipulation program right from uh, the gnome project and it's typically called and this is going to be a problem because it's typically a gimp this this open source photo editor is called gimp but because we're dealing with with minors and children here we're going to call it the gnome project gnu image manipulation program uh, well, that's free open source and then you have other things like paint.net we're going to give them a couple different options and to, I was uh, looking at with. the free ones, but of course I was going to mention Photoshop just because it's one of the most common ones. I want you to look at FastStone. Um, I've used FastStone for the longest time as as kind of a, a quick image viewer program. But we have a friend, uh, his name is Bob, and and he uses FastStone. And I've done it before. I've I've like manipulated like brightness, contrast, uh, highlights, shadows. I've done that before. But he goes in and changes curves and stuff. So I think FastStone is a very capable program, too. I don't believe it has any kind of retouching stuff, which is fine, which is, you know, and, and that's good because if, you know, if you, excuse me, if you bring, if you have the time, I know you're going to teach those kids, get it right in camera. Right. You know, if you see a, if you see a trash can or a piece of trash or something laying on the ground or someone's, uh, a, a tree sticking out of someone's head. Then, uh, then you definitely, you know, if they can fix it in camera, they don't have to retouch. For the most part, what they want them to learn to do with this is how to change it from a color to a black and white photo. They want to, them to learn how to adjust contrast, saturation, and brightness. And they want them to be able to add text to a photo and that's a border or a frame. So I mean, that, that's interesting. That is interesting, and it's a different twist on some of this. It is, and I can understand where I can understand where they're coming from because that that goes into design elements, which is which is great for 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 young young people to know. And is that everything for your first? I think for your first, other night? than to move on to the next ones, but for the first night, those were the things I was going to talk about the most. Well, you're gonna you're gonna blow through. Um, I think you're gonna probably take 45 minutes on the first one and maybe 15 minutes on the second one right. on the on the editing platforms, and you can go through a little bit. But um, what's uh, what's your second night? Well, I'm gonna give them some homework assignments. Good. What are you gonna What are you gonna give them? Well, they need to make a photograph that has text on it that encourages their friends okay 
Um, so they can work on those and maybe bring them and share them. Positive messages. Okay. I like that. We need more of that in this world. <laughs> the next thing is they're supposed to do a photo scavenger hunt, but basically they want them to go someplace and try to do small subjects, moving subjects, and faraway subjects. That's interesting. So I'm going to try to get them to go out with their parents, maybe to a park or somewhere and try to do these things. Well, that that tells me three things. Well, small subjects... They want you to talk a little bit about macro, and that's what you're going to talk about on your second night. You'll talk about macro. Moving subjects is really cool because you're now going to, sh- to tell them you're going to go back to the first week because as you teach them aperture and shutter speed, you're going to tell them, okay, why do you want a small aperture and a long shutter speed? Okay, why do you want a wide open aperture and a, and a slow shutter speed? You're going to be able to teach them the differences Aperture is your depth of field. Shutter speed is kind of like you're dragging time. And the moving subjects tells me that they're trying to they're trying to give you an idea of slow shutter speed. They want you to understand stand a slow shutter speed. Well, and also as part of the first part, which was learn the parts and basic functions. You said part like 17 times in that sorry. sentence. The, the second <laughs> section of that is to practice taking photos with different settings so you can see what they do differently. Okay, good. Which is good. So that, that'll help them with this assignment, which is... And to, what else do they need to do on the photo scavenger hunt? They they need to photograph those type three things. I don't think you th- get us the third thing. I think small and moving? Small, moving, and far away. Far away. Okay, well, then that's they want you to learn now zoom lens. Zoom lens. They want you to learn telephoto. And that's pretty cool. Do you uh, do they need to do anything else? There, the next part they have to do two of the three options. Okay, which is options such as putting together a photo shoot of their group. Okay, um, do individual photos plus a group photo, but this teaches them how to get themselves into the photo and set a timer. Okay, well, it, it, I'm, I'm breaking apart a couple extra things here. Did it say? Do a group photo and then photograph everyone as as the whole group? They want individual photos plus a group photo. Well, you know what that's teaching. That's teaching to make all the photos look alike. Well, or, it's, well it's, te- it's teaching, of course, it's teaching posing and portraiture and, and group shots. But yes, absolutely. You know, it's gonna, that's going to teach them to, uh, to set their color balance, set their white balance. That's going to teach them to try to make sure their lighting is the same. Don't just photograph somebody by this window and somebody in the kitchen with fluorescent lights and then somebody out in the out in the driveway on a on a on a cloudy day, right? Right. Once you set it and put it together because every time you assist me on a on a on a uh, a, a corporate headshot assignment where we need to photograph 100 people and then photograph a group shot what is my main number one thing that we always have to do? White balance and use a white balance and use a color checker and make sure that, uh, you know, I, I've even been known to take photos of the setup. If I can't get everybody in the same day, I will go in a room where I have no lights, no windows. I can turn the lights off. I can set my own lights up. And not only will I photograph my setup, I will actually draw a diagram and measure, use a tape measure to measure from where I have an X on the carpet to to all my lights. Because it doesn't take much to make half of your photo, your half of your headshots look completely different. Right. 
What else do they have? I think I see something here about a timer. They want to make sure when you get the group shot that you're a part of it. So you need to learn how to set the timer on your camera so that you can be in your group shot. And that's cool too. Because how many times is someone going to to set a timer so they can get in a shot? Not as much as, hey, I'm using a slow shutter speed and I need, you know, I don't want to bump the camera as I'm taking that slow shutter speed shot so I can set a timer and use it as a remote release a little bit, right? Right. So that's really cool. So make sure you make sure you bring that up because it almost seems like these these requirements have been watered down and watered down and watered down so much that I'm seeing the intention of what they wanted, but they may have like made it easier and easier and easier as the years went by. I'm seeing the intentions of every assignment and what they're supposed to teach, but the problem is it's kind of assuming that the that the uh, the organizer or the instructor that the organizer brings in needs to read read between the lines basically the other part of that is also they want them to design their own background make their own background and choose props that eat, that they use in all the photos do they need to make a background or it, is that they have to just dis- they have to find a they have to decide on a background it specifically said design your own background okay so they're going to be getting like a bed sheet and probably painting it or something. But that's that's really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. What else they got? The One of the next options is to choose one of your favorite photos and enter it in a photo contest and then pay attention to what other photos are entered into the contest and learn something from them. Choose some of your favorite photos and share them with your group. Okay. Enter them in a photo contest. How are they... How are they doing a photo contest? State fair. Okay, or, so it gives them the option of state fair or other things. Or other organizations. It, does, it doesn't really limit that. That is so cool. And pay attention to other photos that are entered in the contest. That's really cool because that's where you learn a lot from. And they want them to pay attention and think about how those photos might have been taken. That would be good to take in, maybe take in, uh, we've got that Magnum book of photos out there that big giant coffee table book that uh that would actually work for for home defense because it's (laughs) that flat and heavy but it would be interesting to take that and and just and just put some pages aside make sure there's no like nudity or any issues in there but maybe put some bookmarks in that page in that that book and and turn turn to that and if you have if you have the time on the second one I mean, it'd be great if you can, if 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 the, uh, the 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 kids in the class really like it, maybe you can talk them into having you come back another time, and then you can you can help them with this. You know, let them back, let them choose, make the background, make the props, and then you come in and help them with the the headshots and the group shot, and then that way you can kind of show them how you know how moving a light around, you know, uh, sculpts the face. But I think that would be really, really cool. And then once you do that, then they can look at photos. See, that's where I think there's a disconnect. There's some watering down here because pay attention to how these other photos might have been taken. I bet somewhere in in the years of this organization, I bet somewhere there was a specific thing in there where you're teaching people how to look for light and direction of light. And 
and I think I think it would be a complete disservice to not throw that in there a little bit because people people think light's harder than it is, and light is so easy. We tell everybody, you're an expert at light. Go outside, look at your feet. Is it sunny out? Yes. How do you know? Oh, you have a shadow. Okay. Is it not sunny out? How do you know? You don't have a shadow. Is it partly is it hazy? How do you know? You have a soft shadow. I mean, which way is this without looking up in the sky? Which way is the sun at? Oh, well, you just opposite your shadow, right? It's the same thing with lighting. And the quicker we can get these kids into understanding that, if any of these do take photography to the next level, they will be so much better equipped. Right. Anything else? The last one is to print one of your photos on fabric and display it in a scrapbook on a T-shirt or some other project. That's kind of cool. Print your photo on fabric. I, I think they still make that. I know Epson and probably Canon still make the uh, the T-shirt fabric stuff, right? And you can put it on any print it on any inkjet printer. You've got to reverse it, and then you iron it on your on your shirt. Okay, I don't. You know. never you never met. I mean, no. they're it's kind of cheap. It's a kid. It's a kid's thing, which is great. It's not going to be professional screen printing. It's not going to be professional printed shirts, but it's good enough. And I bet kids would love it. Absolutely, absolutely love it. But yeah, I, print your photos on fabric and display it in a scrapbook, T-shirt, or some other project. I mean, that, that screams to me is, uh, you know, that screams to me the, the opening of showing them cyanotypes. But I know you were, <laughs> you know, you've got two hours over two weeks, over two days. So I know that's really, that's really cutting it close. And they do have a week in between where they're going to work on some things before we go back. So. Okay. They have time to work on. That's where some of the homework assignments will probably be worked on. Good, and make sure you take you know make sure you take cards that they can give to the parents. That way, if any of the kids have any questions, then you know you don't want them contacting you directly. Let the let let uh, let a parent or guardian contact you on their behalf if they have a question. But uh, I think that's awesome, and maybe maybe find out if they have a they have like a little family day, kind of like what we did this weekend, and let the kids make cyanotypes or even better than that you know the people that are shooting photographs print out use the uh use the dark the the uh, dark room printer and print out negatives for them yeah that would be cool that would be really cool and and i like that that they want you to to teach them how to change color to black and white because then that opens up the possibility of hand coloring right which is so cool so i i think this has this curriculum has so much potential but they just need to give you a little bit more time, and I think you can make it something amazing for these for these kids. I, I think it has a lot of potential, and I hope I can get a, the points across to them. Yeah, I'm sure you will. You've always done you've always done great with the kids' classes, and if not, I'll be there to help out, and I'll help. Uh, I think uh, I think Tuesday you're going to work on your 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 presentation and your handouts. So yeah, we'll get it done. We'll get it done, and maybe we'll maybe we'll have a group of uh, of new photographers ready to enter the world. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I, I, we've heard that some of them are, are interested in photography, so I hope uh, I hope we can help kindle that kindle that flame a little bit. I sure hope so. Well, I think that's about it for tonight. Any other any other things to cover? That's all I had. That's it. Well, here's a here's a thought. Have you ever taught kids? You know, maybe it's uh, maybe you taught a class. Maybe you've uh, you've you've had a child or a niece or a nephew or or the 
or the crazy the crazy neighbor kid across the street have you taught anybody photography and what were what were some of the best ways you've gone through and uh, and and gotten the point across on a lot of these these kind of higher tech thoughts but uh we we we'd like to uh we like to use kind of different analogies i like the the old garden hose analogy and uh and you've got your your aperture which is the 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 hole that's at the end of the garden hose and you've got your shutter speed which is the the length and you're trying to fill that bucket up the top too little you're not full too uh too too long and you've you've overflowed and i kind of like that analogy for kids sometimes because sometimes it's hard for them to understand the proper exposure of a photo and that's going to be really interesting so if you have any thoughts on on how you like to uh, to teach younger people some of these more advanced topics. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can always connect with us on our Facebook group or through email at podcast at underaredglow.com. And your comments just might make it into a future episode. As always, a big thank you to everyone for continuing to join us. All the love and support we've received from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing and rating us on your podcast platform of choice. And also a big thank you to our Patreon and subscription supporters. Starting at just a buck, you get our shows early with our supporters only after show, all without ads. Be sure to check out our other supporter tiers, which are geared towards bringing you along on our darkroom projects with great rewards. All of our links and show notes, uh, all of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underredglow.com. And now with episode 43 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. Please be sure to subscribe to Under Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation to other photographers of any skill level or process, we would certainly appreciate you sharing us with them. A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Milliker, and of course, everyone for listening. If you're listening to us on Patreon or supporter page, stay tuned for the after show. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to visiting with you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.